from eighteen to forty years, in fact, counting in every chance cursory acquaintanceship, we may well say that we have been intimate with two or three hundred women. Well, then, my friend, among this number can you be sure that you have not had children by at least one of them, and that you have not in the streets or in the bagno some blackguard of a son who steals from and murders decent people, i.e. ourselves, or else a daughter in some disreputable place, or, if she has the good fortune to be deserted by her mother, as cook in some family. Consider also that almost all those whom we call prostitutes have one or two children of whose paternal parentage they are ignorant, generated by chance at the price of ten or twenty francs. In every business there is profit and loss. These wildings constitute the loss in their profession. Who generated them? You, I, we all did, the men called gentlemen. They are the consequences of our jovial little dinners, of our gay evenings, of those hours when our comfortable physical being impels us to chance liaisons. Thieves, marauders, all these wretches, in fact, are our children, and that is better for us than if we were their children, for those scoundrels generate also. I have in my mind a very horrible story that I will relate to you. It has caused me incessant remorse, and further than that, a continual doubt, a disquieting uncertainty that it sometimes torments me frightfully. When I was twenty-five, I undertook a walking tour through Brittany with one of my friends, now a member of the cabinet. After walking steadily for fifteen or twenty days, and visiting the Côte du Nord and part of Finisterre, we reached Douarnenez. From there we went without halting to the wild promontory of Raz by the Bay of Les Trapasses, and passed the night in a village whose name ends in of. The next morning a strange lassitude kept my friend in bed. I say bed from habit, for our couch consisted simply of two bundles of straw. It would never do to be ill in this place, so I made him get up, and we reached Andienne about four or five o'clock in the evening. The following day he felt a little better, and we set out again, but on the road he was seized with intolerable pain, and we could scarcely get as far as Pont l'Abbé. Here, at least, there was an inn. My friend went to bed, and the doctor, who had been sent for from Quimper, announced that he had a high fever, without being able to determine its nature. Do you know Pont l'Abbé? No? Well, then, it is the most Breton of all this Breton Brittany, which extends from the promontory of Raz to the Morbihan, of this land which contains the essence of the Breton manners, legends, and customs. Even today this corner of the country has scarcely changed. I say even today, for I now go there every year, alas. An old chateau laves the walls of its towers in a great melancholy pond, melancholy and frequented by flights of wild birds. It has an outlet in a river on which boats can navigate as far as the town. In the narrow streets, with their old-time houses, the men wear big hats, embroidered waistcoats, and four coats, one on top of the other, the inside one as large as your hand, barely covering the shoulder blades, and the outside one coming to just above the seat of the trousers. The girls, tall, handsome, and fresh, have their bosoms crushed in a cloth bodice which makes an armor, compresses them, not allowing one even to guess at their robust and tortured neck. They also wear a strange headdress. On their temples, two bands embroidered in colors frame their face, enclosing the hair, which falls in a shower at the back of their heads, and is then turned up and gathered on top of the head under a singular cap. 
often woven with gold or silver thread. The servant at our inn was eighteen at most, with very blue eyes, a pale blue with two tiny black pupils, short teeth close together, which she showed continually when she laughed, and which seemed strong enough to grind granite. She did not know a word of French, speaking only Breton, as did most of her companions. As my friend did not improve much, and although he had no definite malady, the doctor forbade him to continue his journey yet, ordering complete rest. I spent my days with him, and the little maid would come in incessantly, bringing either my dinner or some herb tea. I teased her a little, which seemed to amuse her, but we did not chat, of course, as we could not understand each other. But one night, after I had stayed quite late with my friend and was going back to my room, I passed the girl who was going to her room. It was just opposite my open door, and without reflection, and more for fun than anything else, I abruptly...